Hello, International Women Connected. Anna here. I'm super excited to be logging in with the new season of 2023 years of episodes, IW Connected um, podcast. One thing which is really exciting for the 2023, you will hear and you will witness so many exciting and so uh, many professionals on that podcast literally the label is just another label up and what a better way to open up the whole season of 2023 with an amazing trainer corporate business consultant and founder of the midlife revolution nina shefchuk nina is an accredited cpd a business provider. She has one of the best standing courses for corporations and for people who are interested to become corporate consultant, uh, consultants and support human resources and learning and development. So without any further ado, I would love to say hi to Nina and pass her the mic to introduce herself. Hello, Nina. Hi, Anna, and hello, everyone, and thank you so much for having me. I am super, super excited for this conversation. And of course, thank you so much for this incredible introduction. Um, you've given a lot of details about me, but like you said, my name is Nina, and I'm the founder of the Midlife Revolution business, and I specialize in the Midlife Revolutions, <laughs> personal and professional. So I basically help people and businesses to turn situations from tragic to magic. And um, so I have a lot with transformation and change. Um, but I also work a lot with senior leadership and management and well-being and mental health because my other area is neuroscience and psychology of mental health. So yeah, a lot of um, a lot of things in my bag, but I'm very, very excited about being here and being able to share everything that I do and hopefully some useful stuff with you today. Amazing. Thank you so much, Nina. And that actually takes me to the next question. Uh, because I know I've been dancing around that question ever since we also started working together. Uh, but I've never actually got the real answer. And I know you always have very interesting answers to things because the way you do things is that they're encouraged by something that has happened in your life or something that has happened into your career. And I believe this will be very interesting for our listeners as well and um, IW Connected members. How did Midlife Revolution came to life? What does it stay behind the name? Well, it actually came about... Um... From my yeah, like I said, my personal experience and and my own personal midlife revolution, um, and it was actually driven by my life falling apart completely. Ironically, just after midnight on New Year's Eve, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two, so just over a year ago. So prior to that, I um, I'm originally from Poland. I came to the UK nineteen years ago. I built a life that was way beyond my wildest dreams. So I had an incredible career, marriage, the holidays, studies, and everything that the kind of perceptual perceptual perceived by society successes. And then on that New Year's Eve, um, my life completely fell apart. So and none of it existed suddenly. So I decided that this calls for a revolution. And so I basically walked away from the career. I got divorced. I left my studies. I left everything. I gave away, donated, sold everything that I had. I took one 20 kilo suitcase. That was my whole life. Everything else was gone. 
at that stage. So I took the one suitcase, my two wonderful Dalmatians, Nala and Mickey, and my only ticket to Canada, and also went to create a completely different life. Um, so that's what I did since. I created a completely different life. Uh, I'm a completely different person also because I worked a lot on who do I want to become as a result of it, changed basically everything um, and started the midlife revolution. And actually the name came from a conversation I had with someone where I was saying that my case looks like a stereotypical midlife crisis case, right? Something happened in your life and suddenly you go and change everything. But actually he said, you know, I think you're having midlife revolution. I thought this is, this is great and such a, so much better name because just the name midlife crisis, crisis in itself suggests that, it, you know, it's quite negative and so on. And although what had happened to me was horrendous and, and it was awful experience that I don't wish on anyone, um, I wanted to use this for the wisdom that I offered. So I wanted to use the pain that I was experiencing as an opportunity to make me better rather than bitter, to, to give me the wisdom rather than wounds and, and to make life great again and basically not allow my past and what happened to drive and determine my present moment or the future. So that was the most important thing for me. And that's how the midlife revolution was born, basically revolutionizing my own life and, and helping others to do the same. This is such an interesting story of actually how you founded your business. And one thing we that really struck me now when you were talking about um, you know, how you came how the name came to life, how the business came to life is You've had everything that society perceives us that we have to do in order to be happy, right? The society have that idea for us that at a certain age, we have to be married and want to and have a family and have a beautiful house and go for holidays in certain times of the years and work a certain type of job. And that's all that society wants us for us to do. But what what is it that when someone just doesn't feel happy with that and want something completely different right and this is exactly what you're proving that you can actually leave what the society wants you to have or things you need to have to be happy in order to go and find your happiness absolutely and a big part of what i do now and a lot of clients who come to me it is exactly the same thing where people have achieved that perceptual success so they have the career perhaps they're in a leadership role um or they have the title and the money that comes with it but actually it doesn't mean much to them and they don't feel fulfilled and they know what they want to do but they're like well how do i do this the fear of judgment kicks in so what would my family say will people think that i'm a loser like how do i step away you know and step down as they see us stepping down from like the leadership position but to me this is um Sometimes it is like this, this societal perception of what we need to be doing or what we should be doing. I really dislike the word should because it's so judgy. But sometimes we put that perception in our heads. We think that others expect us to be, do or have something. And that's not actually always the case. People don't think about us as much as we think they do. Um, but ultimately, to me, what it comes down to is at the end of your life and uh, on my last day, will I ever look back and like think, oh, I hope that so-and-so judged me well, I hope that society is pleased with what I did. No, I will not. I will be the only judge and I'll be the judge deciding whether I, I lived a life that was happy, meaningful, successful. And what I mean by saying happy, meaningful, successful is not by the societal standards, but actually 
what does success mean to me? What does happiness mean to me? What does meaning in life mean to me? Like having my own definitions and living by them. So I will be judging myself against my own definitions because I know that no one else will be doing that. And, and nobody else's judgment will matter anyway. Um, so that's what I work a lot with people on. And it's the same, you know, it's the same thing sometimes with businesses where businesses get to a certain stage and they, you know, they think, oh, we're, we're here, we've done a really great job. And actually for the leader or for the founder, it doesn't resonate with them anymore. Or perhaps the business brought a lot of money, but it doesn't have the meaning that they wanted. And now they're like, how do I get out, right? Because what will be what will be the perception of people? Um, and I think, you know, perception of, of people is one thing, but you have to be willing to admit to yourself what you really want and you really have to go for it. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you kind of connected it to the businesses because I've witnessed a lot of businesses um, exactly going through exactly what you've mentioned where they bring a lot of money, but the leader doesn't actually feel passionate about it anymore. Um, and I've personally been there where I've had a business which was bringing a great amount of money, but I stopped fe feel passionate about it. I wasn't feeling passionate about the business I was doing. Therefore, I wasn't feeling even passionate about the people I was working. And that could have been actually seen in my results. And as soon as I you know, twisted that thing and um, obviously started the accreditation side of the things and IW connected, um, everything around it switched completely completely to a different level. And that takes me to another um to, to another question. What does the middle life revolution focus on? when it works with business owners, and also I know you work with companies. So what do you actually focus on through your business? A variety of things, but predominantly it is transformation and change. So enabling people to, so first of all, enabling people to get clear on what, what is it that they want. And, you know, that is the same for businesses as it is for individuals. Of course, sometimes it concerns the business and like, what is the vision? What do people want? And just like you said, you, you weren't feeling at some point, so you change your direction. And it is the same for everybody. You know, if you're not feeling it, the energy is not going to be there. And sooner or later, it's going to start impacting results. Um, and of course, the people you work with. So the first thing is always to gain clarity and create kind of the end goal of what is it that would make your heart sing again, right? If you, I always think like, forget everything that you know, forget all your responsibilities, expectations, and what you think you should be or who you should be um, or what you should do and what you should have and whatever, forget all of that. And actually, if there was just you and on this planet and you could be anyone and do anything and have anything, what would it be? And that always brings the clarity. Like people always know, you know, I often read these things of you have to find yourself. I actually don't believe you ever lose yourself, but we, you know, we cloud our clarity with the expectations and we think, with things that we think we should be do or have. So the first thing is always clarity. And then once we have that, then we can reverse engineer what needs to happen. Um, and that works in, in both cases. So I, I do that for businesses and for individuals. I also do a lot of stuff on leadership and management. So also leadership development. Um, I have huge amounts of expertise in developing leaders, you know, senior leaders and future leaders and, and everyone in between. Um, and helping people to become an authentic lead, authentic leader. So to be able to lead with, you know, their own values and ethics and not try to be someone else because of the title and what they think they should be. Um, my other area is psychology and neuroscience of mental health. So I do a lot um, within this area and actually helping people to see 
the importance of neuroscience in businesses um, and especially in business change and in individual life as well, because very often when businesses implement change, it is done from operational or systemic side. So operations change, systems change, and then people are expected to just get on board, as we call it, um, as if they were off board anyway, um, to get on board or change. But what people don't understand and what businesses also don't understand is that in order to change, like people need to change. Um, and in order to change, we need to change our behaviors. And in order to change our behaviors, we need to change our mindset. And in order to change our mindset, we need to change our brains, uh, actually physically change our brains. Um, and this is where neuroplasticity comes in, where basically we, like, we have to work on what are the existing behaviors that will no longer be needed and what are the existing thoughts and beliefs and feelings that we have got that actually cannot come to the future with us. And what do we want to have that needs to come to the future with us? Um, so that's where neuroscience plays a very powerful, powerful role, because if the change is done just from a perspective of, you know, changing systems and the way we work, then it has the same impact as new year, new me, you know, where it is uh, after the initial enthusiasm was off, you go back to square one and go back to the same behaviors because that's the habits, that's the routines, that's what's ingrained in our brain. And bearing in mind that our subconscious mind is responsible for 95% of all of our mental activity and pretty much everything that we do every day, unless you change that, so you so you change your you brain physically, nothing is going to be staying, you know, and change is not going to be sustainable. So I feel hugely passionate about that because I think all of that connects so many different areas that unless you change your brain and you change your mind, you're never going to deliver the results that you actually want, whether that's an individual case or whether that's business case. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I love the neuroscience type of things because I personally don't understand a lot from it, but I've heard you through our work together and obviously on one of the panels that you did for IW Connected talking about neuroscience and it's so, so fascinating. So do you mind just... Um, because we've also, you've just touched on it as well. Do you mind just um, exploring a little bit more of how neuroscience is connected to actually how successful, or not even successful, but how satisfied we are in business? Absolutely. Everything starts with a thought, right? So everything, like our thoughts genuinely create our reality. Um, and it, it sounds maybe airy-fairy to some people, but... I will explain in the simple terms. Our brains are primed to have confirmation bias. And what that means is that what you train your brain to believe. So our brain, the human brain doesn't know what is right and what is wrong, what is true and what is not. It will believe and think whatever you want it to believe and think. It is like a computer. Like once we're born, like we have <laughs> blank slate and then you keep putting things in. And that's what the brain thinks. So very often people think that our beliefs are true that they're fact and they're real they're not a belief is just a thought that you thought enough times for it to become a belief and once it becomes a belief our brain then through our confirmation bias will seek out examples and evidence of your beliefs being real and what that means is that if you believe that you are very consistent for example if you believe that you're a consistent person your brain will seek out examples of your consistency and it will show them to you so you carry on believing that you're consistent. It goes the other way, that if you tell yourself, oh, I'm inconsistent, I struggle with consistency, your brain will seek out examples of you being inconsistent. And then you get those thoughts of like, oh, 
not when we starting because I'm never going to stick with it. Or, you know, I, I always have like a short, you know, short-lived enthusiasm and then I never do things and whatever. This is nothing but a belief that you have and your brain is showing you examples. And then a more kind of physical example um, that I think illustrates it well is if you, for example, decide that you want to buy a red car, suddenly you start noticing a lot more red cars on the road, right? There aren't any more red cars than there have been yesterday or the day before yesterday. But now your brain is seeking out those examples because you want to buy a red car, because you've focused your brain on it. And because our brains have to filter out a lot of things because we're exposed to so many billions of pieces of information every day. And I don't just mean all the information that you hear and, and see, but, you know, even like the texture of the leaf on the tree and every single registration plate that goes of a car that goes by. All of that, our brains have to filter out because we wouldn't be able to cope with it otherwise. So what the brain does, it obviously focuses on what you believe in and what you focus on. Th that's why you see suddenly so many more red cars or you see examples of consistency or you see examples of success. And this is paramount because if you believe that the world is a bad place and business is a really hard work and everywhere is just danger, that's what your brain is going to be showing you. All you're going to see in here is the examples of the world being a dangerous place, being a bad place and business being hard and people being bad and so on. If, on the other hand, you train your brain to see that the world is full of opportunities, that the world has got lots of wonderful people, that's the examples your brain is going to show to you. And, of course, nothing is ever perfect, absolutely, but you are in charge of your mind. And often people don't realize this, and it sounds crazy, but people don't realize that the brain literally does not know any different other than what you train it to think. So then they think whatever they think is real and it's true. And it isn't. It isn't a lot of the times. So it's very important to really assess your thoughts and think, you know, what are the thoughts that are helpful and actually will support the journey that I'm on to success or to meaningful life or to great relationship or whatever it is that people want? And then what are the thoughts and beliefs that we have instilled in our minds over the years that actually go against what we're trying to achieve? And then you have to rewire the brain. So this is where neuroplasticity comes in. Basically, whenever we learn something new, so our brain is made up of over 100 billion neurons. And the neurons communicate with each other. So in order for us to learn, it's like, I always compare it to relationship. The neurons first exchange information as if they were exchanging a text message. And then the more you learn of the same thing or the more you reinforce the knowledge, the neurons get closer together until they basically wire together. So neurons that fire together, wire together. So they, they get closer and closer until they hold hands and they become best mates, right? Um, which I think is super cute. So once they hold hands, that knowledge is now installed in your brain and that's why. So then it's easy. It, it works like if you learn to walk or like to learn a language or learn to drive, the first time you do something, the first time you get in a car, everything feels scary and you have to think consciously of all the different things like your mirrors and your gear stick and your gas and your brake and whatever. Whereas after some time, you get from A to B and you can't even remember how you got there, right? Sometimes you get out of the car and think, how did I get there? Um, I can't remember whether the light was green or red, but I've got here. But that's your subconscious mind driving you on auto autopilot, which is super helpful in a lot of ways because, of course, you don't want to have to learn how to brush your teeth or tie your shoelaces every morning. But the same subconscious mind is obviously responsible for 95% of everything that you do every day, everything that you think, everything, because our thoughts drive our emotions, our emotions drive our behaviors, our behaviors drive our actions, and our actions drive our experiences. 
And then the experiences adapt to the overall experience that we call life. So the subconscious mind is super helpful in terms of wiring those neurons and making sure that things are easy and we don't have to think too much about certain things and they become habits and routines. Super, super helpful in a lot of ways. But if you have developed thought patterns that are not helpful, like I am not great at public speaking, I am inconsistent, I am rubbish at this, or business is really hard, then unfortunately, you know, that connection in your neurons now exists. So what you have to do is you have to consciously change it. Um, and unless you do that, it change is not going to happen. So that's why I compare it to kind of new year, new me, because imagine our brain is made up of billions of those connections. It is a little bit like having lots of motorways, right? So you build a city with so many different motorways on it. And now suddenly you decide that you want something else. We, you can't take away all the motorways overnight. It's going to take a lot more time to break them down and build new ones. And that's exactly what happens in the brain. It's like a huge city that we've built over the years with all of the different roads and bridges and motorways and connections. And then when you want to change, you actually have to consciously do this because that city is now obviously well-established and built. So then you have to look at all the different roads and think what, which ones are still useful and you want to keep and which ones do you actually want to remove and which ones do you want to establish in new places. Um, I feel like I've, I've talked a lot, uh, but I hope it makes sense. But of course, let me know if, if it hasn't been clear. No, no, no. It makes perfect sense. And I've actually loved listening to you. And I'm pretty sure that everyone who listens to our podcast would share the same because you've managed to go so much more in details what actually neuroscience is, the function of the brain. And it's very, very fascinating. I'm pretty sure that it's a humongous topic, like I said at the very beginning. And it has such a direct impact on how we do life, how we do business, how we feel success, how we celebrate success, how how we um, celebrate how we feel satisfaction and happiness and how we uh, celebrate those things as well and the reason why I'm saying how we celebrate is because a lot of people are very successful a lot of people are satisfied but I feel like some of them are actually missing the point to celebrate those small things as well and that leads me to my next question who do you think is better at celebrating successes in business, men or women? What's your general opinion about men in business and women in business when it comes celebrating a success and gaining that satisfaction out of it? Well, I actually think um, that all humans could be better at celebrating success. I, um, I think I, my approach to men and women in business is that I think both we both play an important role. I'm very grateful to see the change that previously, let's say 15, 20 years ago, if you were, if you were a female in corporate business, you had to almost take on the, like a more male-like persona, right? So to be hard-nosed, hard business case, and you couldn't really bring yourself as a, as a woman with your female qualities to work because you would have been seen as weak or too emotional or whatever. Whereas now I see those um those things changing which is really helpful but i also don't see the need to be like women better than men or men better than women or whatever like i think both are needed i think we both are of, of our qualities and i think actually appreciating that and celebrating that and coming together to play on each other's strengths is what makes makes success I think women in general we hold ourselves back a lot more um so 
you know, when it comes to applying for a role, for example, if a guy sees a role and they take, you know, three boxes out of seven, they think I'm going to go for it. If a woman sees the same role and she takes nine out of 10, she's like, well, I'm missing this one thing. I'm not going to go for it. Um, but that's also what we get conditioned to believe. And, and since a young age, um, obviously, the environment that shapes us has a massive, uh, massive influence on us. And that is still the case. Things are changing, which is really great, but that's still the case in a, in a lot of cases. Um, and I think when it comes to celebrating, I think um, my, my experience, men are better at taking the credit and be like, yes, I did this. I did a great job. Whereas women often feel like, oh, it was just luck or, you know, I had so much support. So they are more likely to give the credit away to everyone and everything around them rather than take the credit for the, the, the great work that they had done. But saying that, you know, every every human is, is different and individual. So I don't like kind of separating the two massively. So it depends on a on a person. But I think men in general traditionally have been better at saying, yes, I did this. I did a great job. Whereas women are more likely to say, oh, you know, I've just been fortunate or very lucky. Or I can do better. I can always do better. We're really good at that to say, yeah, it was all right. But actually, I could have done better. Um, as when sometimes, you know, not even sometimes, every time is really good to step back. Yes, we can always do better, as you said, as humans whether that's whether it's women or men but how about just stay getting a step back and realize how far we've come um and how much is that an event for a celebration nina thank you so much this has been such an insightful a great talk i can't even believe like half an hour 40 minutes are gone to be honest because uh, like i said the topic that you cover um, in the business, in who you are as a person, we can just sit down and talk for hours. Um, obviously, this is a woman's platform. What would you wish to all the women in business or International Women Connected members? I would wish them to be surrounded with an incredible network, just like I am. Um, I wish I I am very passionate about supporting people, and actually, my favorite quote is Audrey Hepburn's quote that as you get older, you as you grow older, you realize that you have two hands for a reason: one to help yourself, and the other one to help others. And I feel International Women Connected is doing exactly that. You guys are pioneering and trailblazing, and then looking out for other women, grabbing their hands and helping them. And I'm one of these people, and I always try to do the same thing where I I look around. And I don't wait for someone to come up to me and be like, hey, Nina, can you help me? Of course, I'll always help if they do come up. But I also make a conscious effort to look out and be like, who could do it help? Or, you know, who is at the beginning of a journey that I've already been on where I can, you know, show them how to how to avoid some mistakes, like how to make things effective and so on. So for all women, you know, around the world, I wish to be, you know, for all of us to be supportive of each other, to celebrate each other and not to see each other as competition. And, you know, there's always been this thing of women. It's easier to work with men than it is with women or whatever. I don't believe in it. I have always had an incredible experience. But I also think that does depend on your mindset, right? And that does depend who you consciously surround yourself with so everything is a choice in life you having a great career is your choice because you decide that that's what you're going to do and you go for it you being in a role that you dislike is a choice because you might be unhappy but you still decide to stay there so of course as circumstances sometimes there are things in life and curveballs being thrown that are out of our control but what you do with it and how you move on from it and what you learn from it is always a choice 
Um, so I think, you know, my network, I feel very fortunate to have always been surrounded with incredible women, but that's my choice. I go and seek out people who inspire me, who I admire, who I can learn from, who are much better than me. You know, I'm not afraid to say that someone, you know, I've messaged someone and I was like, oh my God, you blew my mind. I felt so intimidated at the start because you were so incredible and so on. And, and they replied and they were like, you know what, it takes so much courage to actually say that. Let's chat. Um, and, and that's incredible. But everything is a choice, right? So choose you, choose who you want to be, choose what you want to do, choose the life that you want to create, choose the business that you want to be in. And every day, choose the best for that vision. Don't just settle for what you think should be or what you sh- who you should be or what you should have, because that only leads to disappointment and, and lack of fulfillment. Thank you so much. This was such a such an amazing ending. Nina Shevchuk, everyone, please do follow up. We're going to display all the links when we release the uh, podcast. So those of you who are from our corporate membership, please do follow up, Nina, because Nina has some amazing, amazing CPG accredited um, courses for corporate companies. We're already working on some of them, getting them into some great um, companies as well. Um, and those of you who are listening from the IW Connected Hub or any entrepreneurs in the wider community, do you follow Nina on Facebook, Instagram and um, LinkedIn? Thank you so much, Nina. Thank you, Anna. And of course, I have over 17 years of experience, a lot of in HR, and I am super excited for my new course, which is the Executive Trainer and Consultant. So for anyone who wants to get into HR, and this is the only course like this on the market, and I study continuously, go from one qualification to another, so I know full well what a good course can do and how to create one. And I am super, super excited about launching it. So if anyone is interested in yeah, getting another qualification and getting the career to the next level, then you're very welcome to join. Thanks, Nina. Thanks, Anna.